and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Let me read it again. All scripture. How many scriptures? All. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction in righteousness. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we would know what's the hope of your calling. And what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. And what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe. According to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. And I ask that you would grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help me to lift up Jesus in this house today. I asked you for divine utterance this morning. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If I asked everybody in this church, I said, do you believe that the Bible is true? I guarantee you, I will get a yes response from every person that's in here. We believe that it's true. But do we always embrace the truth that is in the Word? Now, I'm challenged with the Word of God on a continual basis. And I have been saved since 1975. And been studious a good portion of that time. I would say 90, 99 some percent of being quite studious. There's a lot of people in church that profess to be Christians who never open up a Bible. There's no way that we can have truth imparted into our spirits on the level that God wants to impart it in if we never open up a Bible. We'll never get it on just one service or two services or three services a week. How many times do you eat a day? Smith Wigglesworth had a practice like this. Every time he would eat, he carried a pocket New Testament and he, he challenged people. He said, you find me without my New Testament in my pocket. He had just as soon go out without his clothes on as he had to go out without his New Testament in his pocket because it was that much a part of his attire. And after he would eat a meal, 
If he was sitting in a, with a group of people, he would slide back from the table, he'd pull out his New Testament, and he would say, we have just fed our body, now let's feed our spirits. And he would proceed reading passages of Scripture. Somebody asked him what they attributed the great success to his ministry was. He said, do you read the Bible for long periods of time? Do you pray for long periods of time? He said, I hardly ever read the Bible over 30 minutes. But there's hardly 30 minutes that goes by that I don't read my Bible. How about praying? He said, I don't usually pray over 30 minutes, but it's not usually 30 minutes that goes by that I'm not praying. So he had incorporated something into his life. Do you think that could have had a contributing fact to 20-some people being raised from the dead and documented? Let me give you a picture of one of them that I, that I had heard about or read about. He goes into this funeral home. The person that has passed away is behind a set of glass doors. The family's sitting out here like we are, and this man is in a coffin here in the, in the other part. And he goes in there where he's at. And he grabs the man out of the coffin and shoves him up against the wall. Tells him to rise in the name of Jesus. Turns him loose. The body falls down into the floor. I want to stop right there for just a minute. What would you do if a preacher walked into your funeral service and picked the person up drug them out of the casket, what would you do? I just want to set a stage because I'm sure that family, that was their loved one just like it would be our loved one. What would be our response? Here they were behind the glass doors. It's like they're seeing everything that's going on. The, the body slides down in the, on the floor. He grabs it up and said, in the name of Jesus, for life to come back in. The body falls back down to the floor. Can you imagine the looks out here of his family and friends looking at what's going on? Has this man lost his mind? They take, and he raises him up again, and I said, in the name of Jesus, life be. I don't know just what his words were. The man came alive. Here they are. They walk out of the glass door. Hallelujah. Together. Oh, you, things like that can't happen. Things like that didn't happen. Oh, brothers and sisters, things like that have happened. Things like that do happen. And things like that will happen again. Amen. 
Now, will we be the spectators on the other side that say, what in the world is this crazy man doing? Or will we be participators in, go Jesus, go Jesus. Yes, would we rally our faith with him instead of sitting there with our mouths dropped open and dumbfounded for what's just taking place? Now, the Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, there's something about being inspired by God. And I believe that this was one of the things that had just taken place with this here example of Smith Wigglesworth. Every person that's, been, that's passed away, you can't go up there and do that to the Bible says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, I believe that there was something that made this take place. First part of what, took, what it took to make it take place was he was led by the Spirit to do this. Did you know that Jesus had messed up a good funeral? You remember the widow of Nain with her son laying on the, I must say it in a coffin, and they had the people that were carrying it, they called it the bearers. And Jesus stops the funeral procession. And everybody wondered what in the world is going on. And Jesus tells him to arise. Jesus said these words. Let these words sink into us. He said, I only say the things that I hear my father say, and I only do the things that I see my father do. Right. Now, talking about being led by the Spirit of God, I believe the Spirit of God has prompted Smith Wigglesworth to do exactly what he did. If the Spirit of God prompted you to do something, and it might not have to be that extreme, it might be just as simple as this. Go talk to that person over there. Would you have enough faith to get up from where you were at and go talk to that person over there, or would you say, Lord, I don't want to do it. Send somebody else. A lot of times we would all fall into that second category. Lord, send somebody else. And what if the Lord said, I don't have anybody else to send right now? I had heard about these people that were, that were there pastoring this church. And, um, they were feeling pretty good about it and they were talking to the Lord about it one day and he said, um, you weren't my first choice. How would that make you feel? You weren't my first choice. But here was some of the things that goes in along, along with this thing of not first choice. There was somebody else that I had asked to do it and they wouldn't do it. And we all know 
that if you've got something that needs to be done and you have nobody to do it, what happens? It goes undone. And there's things for the kingdom of God that must go on and be done. Now, what's that got to do with all scripture is given by inspiration of God? Because the first way that God is going to do his leading, he's going to be using the scripture. And the first place that it's going to make changes <clears throat> is in our own lives. And we've got to allow ourselves to be teachable. We've got to allow ourselves to be led by the spirit of God. So that God can do the things that he wants to do. And I asked the question to start with. If I ask how many believe that the Bible is true. We would all shake our head. We believe that it's true. But are we willing to act on what it says? A lot of times we aspire to. But we don't do it. And this is not a. A beat, beat on us session is to inspire us to get a hold of the things of God because when we get a hold of the things of God things are going to change mm -hmm. God is always after change he's always moving he's always changing if you don't believe it have you ever seen a beautiful sunset One minute before and one minute after makes the difference. Have you noticed that just how fast that it really transpires? You can watch the moon coming up and you can get it on the horizon. You can look at the top of a tree. And in just a few seconds, that thing has risen above that tree. You'll never see it again in that same light that it was. It's changed. God is always moving. God is always doing something. Just like the sunset and the sunrise, in just a few seconds, it's, all, it's already changed. You'll never see it again. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. God has, has breathed himself into every word that is in the Bible. And it's good. The Bible says that it's it's given by inspiration of God and it is profitable. What is it to be profitable? If somebody has a business and it's profitable, there's been an increase. If it's not profitable, they're operating in the red. God wants our lives to be profitable. If our lives are going to be profitable, we're going to have to catch what the Word of God has to say because it has the ability to promote or make increase come in our lives if it's profitable. How are we doing on our profit and loss statement this month? We take and we look at that and it says it's, it's profitable for doctrine. What is doctrine? Doctrine is the basic core beliefs that we have. And they shouldn't change. 
things that we believe on a gut level. It's not necessarily doctrines of the church because it depends on where something, what church did somebody go. This is the church's tenets of faith. What is my tenets of faith? What is my tenets of faith based on? See, there's a lot of people that have tenets of faith that's based on church doctrine that might not necessarily be lined up with Bible doctrine. All scripture is given by inspiration and it's profitable for doctrine for reproof I looked up that word proof, reproof in my Bible in the marginal part of it and it had to do with evidence I said I didn't think it would have really to do with evidence but it gave a scripture reference for it and the scripture reference that it gave for it was Hebrews 11 and 1 Hebrews 11 and 1, you remember what it says? Faith. Now faith, don't leave that other night. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. <coughs> it will allow you to see something. The Word of God will show you something before it even transpires out here in the outside. That you've got to believe it. It's the evidence on the inside. It, and it's Therefore, correction. How many like to be corrected? If we look at correction in the wrong sense, we can get bent out of shape and we won't allow it to happen to us. If we look at it in the right sense, it can be a positive thing for us. When Tyler was, uh, was younger, he was running to the house with a set of flip-flops on and he, his foot flew at him and he, and he hit and he broke his, broke his heel. That bone, that bone and all in there. They took him to the doctor and the doctor said that they were going to have to have surgery on it. So they had scheduled the surgery for when it was going to be taking place. So when he got there to do the surgery, the bone had already started mending or knitting together but it had started mending together wrongly it wasn't set and a lot of times there's things that we've been taught and we've been told that's churchy that don't necessarily line up with the bible that's right. and a lot of times we started to grow that way because that's the way mm -hmm. that we were told that it was supposed to be now, this is one of the things that continually takes place in my life. The Lord is always working correction. Yes. There may be something that I believe, and I believe it wholeheartedly. But I find places that he takes a pair of pruning shears and he snips something off because it's getting bigger on this side than it needs to be. And there's something that God is after in our lives, and that's balance. So that we'll walk and conduct ourselves the way that we're supposed to do. But the word of God is there for correction. To set something back right that may have started healing or going this wrong way. Here's an 
old adage that, that people used to say. How bent the branch, so grows the tree. How bent the branch, so grows the tree. You could have something that's shaped like this for so long, after a while, it will train itself to follow that same growth pattern. The Word of God is there to do correction. So that it grows the way that God wants it to grow. For instruction in righteousness. And if we look at the Word of God more so in this light than we do as just a bunch of do's and don'ts, there's so much more that we will get out of it. Because if there's one thing that I know, and I have established this in my heart, that no matter what I read in the Word of God, I know He's got my best interest at heart. And if He tells me something that I need to do, and I'm not doing, I need to incorporate that and start bending that way. If there's something that I'm doing that I don't need to do, I need to cut it off. I need to bend that other way. Now, you as parents, do you remember telling your children something to do that they didn't want to do? Do you remember your mamas and daddy telling you something to do that you didn't want to do? Do you think they were telling you that to hurt you? They were telling you that to protect you. Now there's some things, I want to read some things to us this morning. And I believe that they'll speak some things into your heart. They speak some things into my heart. That's why one of the reasons I want to share it. On one occasion, I was preaching in Oak Cliff Assembly of God Church in Dallas, Texas. After the Friday night service, several of us were in the pastor's office. There was a knock on the door. It was one of the ushers. He said that a couple wanted to speak to me. I followed the usher out of the pastor's office into the main auditorium. The usher introduced me to this couple. The husband said, Brother Hagen, we've been listening to you on the radio. I've been speaking on the subject of healing for a week or two. About 10 days ago, as I was driving to work, I heard some beautiful singing, so I tuned this into the station. The minute the singing stopped, you came on. You said, it is the will of God for it to heal everyone. When I went home from work that night, I told my wife to tune in to that station. Every day she listened from home, and I listened on my way to work. We've been listening for 10 days now. I brought my wife with me. She's had two major operations. Excuse me. 
She's had two major operations and is facing a third operation. The doctors have confided in me that they didn't think that she would live another six months. So I brought her for healing. This couple was now open to the fact that healing is the will of God. Now, there's something that I want to say to us here at this juncture. The dynamics of somebody, the way that somebody is healed, and the way, the dynamics of the way that God meets other needs through using faith in his word are much the same. Believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. Romans 10, 9 and 10 is a scripture that every believer in the church should know by heart. Because if somebody comes across your path, you should have that in your arsenal to be able to get that person born again. I don't care who you are, and I don't care who they are. You should know that scripture. Those two scriptures. And they deal with this, believing in the heart and confessing with the mouth. Say with me, believing in the heart and confessing with the mouth. Because if you don't do it, you will not be saved. And if you can't act on it, there's a lot of other things, the provisions that are made that will not be brought about. You say, I believe that the Bible is true, but I'm not willing to act on it. I've got to be willing to act on what I believe. See, there was something that caused that man that was in that coffin to be raised from the dead. Because Smith Wigglesworth was willing to act on what he believed. Believing didn't raise him from the dead. Acting on what he believed with the, accompanied with the power of God was what raised that man from the dead. This couple was now open to the fact that healing is the will of God for everyone. And there's things that we've all been taught, there's things that we've reasoned, but we've got to let the Word of God be the final say so that we can receive the provision that God has made available to us. I began to speak to this couple. You see, you can locate people or find out where they are in their faith by asking them questions. People need to be located before you pray for them. Now, if I had some manifestation of the Spirit, I wouldn't have to, have locate, to locate them because God would have already told me what to do. But I didn't have any manifestation of the Spirit. I didn't sense any anointing. To tell the truth about it, I never felt so deep. I never felt so unspiritual in my life. If I had been going by feelings, I would have gotten them to pray for me. But the Bible will work whether it's quickened or not. For example, in the natural, I didn't have some kind of feeling to get the multiplication table to work for me. Is God's word as true as working the multiplication table? Of course it is.
The Bible will work for you anytime because the word is already anointed. You remember, we've prayed prayers like this. Lord, anoint your word. Now, I just read to us that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That God has already breathed into it. If God breathes into something, it becomes alive. He done it to a pile of dirt in the book of Genesis. And Adam became a living being or a living soul. The word, of God, the word of God is already inspired. The word has been given by the spirit of God and it will work when it's not quickened just as well as when it is quickened to you. Some people think you have to have some particular feeling that if you have goosebumps, it will work. I've seen those people, their faith is in their goosebumps and not in God's Word. As a result, they don't receive from God. But God has given us His Word, and His Word will work for us and profit us if we will trust and obey it. As I said before, I never felt so dull, so listless, so uninspired, so unspiritual, in all my life as I minister to this couple. If I had been going by feelings, I would have said, no, I can't pray. There's no use in me praying, but thank God I know the word. And the word of God works. The husband said, ever since we heard you on the radio, we've been praying every night that if it is God's will to heal my wife, God would give us faith so that she could be healed. Well, that prayer is unscriptural. Well, it sure sounds churchy. I'll, if you'll learn to locate people and move them into a position to receive, you'll get results. I located this couple by what he said. He had already proven by giving scripture on, by giving, I had already proved by giving scripture on the radio broadcast that it was God's will to heal her and everyone else that is sick. But they had quite, had, hadn't quite caught that. Now, another thing was that the husband was doing all the talking. That is something that hinders many people. You can't speak for another person. For example, you can't get your wife healed because you believe in divine healing. Her unbelief can nullify the effect of your faith. Also, you can't ride on someone else's coattails. You can't get healed because somebody else believes in divine healing. What do you believe about it? Sooner or later, you're going to have to have an experience of your own. And all of us should be after our own experience with God. 
thank God for somebody else's testimony, but he wants us to have our own. Based on what the husband said, I knew they weren't absolutely sure that it was the will of God to heal his wife. So I asked him, how are you going to find out if it's God's will to heal her? He looked at me sort of startled and he said, I thought you'd lay hands on her and pray. And if it's God's will, he would heal her. And if it's not, he wouldn't. Now, this is where I find most of the church world. Right at that location, right there. Same place that this man was at. No, I said, I can't pray because she wouldn't be healed. Even though it's the will of God to heal her, she wouldn't be healed. Well, what are we going to do? How are we going to find out whether or not it's God's will to heal her, he asked. I knew that I had to move them into faith. Faith comes how? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable. If there's somewhere that I'm missing it, it can bring the correction. It can bring the reproof or the evidence into my life so that I can have what God says that I can have. And there's things that I've not experienced yet, but I believe I'm going to. Mm -hmm. And there's things that you haven't experienced yet, but I believe you're going to. Amen. Because I believe we're going to get a hold of this word of God. Yes. I knew I had to move them into faith. So I had to move them into the will of God. So I said, what if God's word said that Jesus took your wife's infirmities and bore her sicknesses? Would it be the will of God to heal her? Certainly it would, he said. So I turned to Matthew 8, 17. And I laid the Bible in his wife's lap. I told her to read the verse out loud. The minute she read it, her husband jumped off the altar and said, The first half of my prayer wasn't any good, was it? We're going to have to throw it away. Well, I didn't tell him, but the whole prayer wasn't any good. He could throw the whole thing away. How would we feel about our prayer if that were told to us? See, the Holy Spirit is the one who was doing the talking. He was helping this man to see. He's the great teacher. That's right. I need to throw the first half of this prayer away. He thought he had it. There's a lot of times that we thought that we have something when we've not laid hold of it yet. But the encouragement is keep after the truth of God's word. Keep believing. Because the Holy Ghost is a great teacher. He said, the Bible says that himself, Jesus, took our infirmities. And that includes my wife's infirmities. 
Now that's a good revelation. If that's his wife's if that's his wife's infirmities, that's my infirmities. If it's my infirmities, it's your infirmities. I see it. You see that, but does your wife see it? You're not the one who needs the healing. I turned to his wife and she said, I see it. The husband said, it's the will of God then. Well, we'll just have to throw the first part of that prayer away. All we have to do now is to pray that God will give us faith so that she can be healed. No, I said, I can't pray yet. Sit back down on the altar. We have to talk some more. How does faith come? By here. By praying, or does faith come by hearing? I asked the couple, are you folks Christians? Yes, we've been born again, they said. I asked the husband, when you went down to the altar to get saved, did you pray, God, give me and my wife faith so we can be saved? You remember how to get saved? Romans 10, 9 and 10, what was it? Believe, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You're going to see it follow suit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No, the man just preached Jesus. Faith comes by what? Hearing. He preached Jesus. The husband shared. He said that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We knew before we went down that there what Jesus would do. God said, that's good. I said, that's exactly what I wanted you to say. You didn't have to pray for God to give you faith to be saved. Why then would you pray that God would give you faith to be healed? He jumped up and said, I know that whole prayer wasn't worth a dime. Is We're going to have to hope, throw the whole prayer away. Isn't it good when God can show you something and you'll be open enough to see what he's saying through his word? Instead of just holding on to our religious ideas that this is the way that it's always been done even if it's not lining up with the Word of God. If it's not lining up with the Word of God, brothers and sisters, we need to be men and women enough with backbone that will kick the thing out. Amen. Amen. Because all that is is useless baggage that we've drug around for years. Religious, but just as empty as it can be. That's right. We're going to have the whole, throw the whole prayer away. I said, you see it. But you're not the one who needs healing. What about you, sister? She said, 
I see it. I see it. I accepted Jesus as my Savior and I was saved. Now, then, if I accept him as my healer, I'm healed. Thank you, Lord. I said to the couple, now we can pray. I reached my hand out and laid it on top of the wife's head. I said, dear Lord Jesus, my sister has come for healing. She has seen that Jesus took her infirmities and bore our sicknesses. She accepted you as her savior and was saved and now she has come to accept you as her healer, so she is healed. Thank you for it. Then I asked her, are you healed? She said, I am. I said, how do you know you are? She said, because the word said, himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. That's right. You've got it. I said, I turned and walked back toward the door to the pastor's office. I looked back. I saw that she couldn't get up. Her husband lifted her up like a baby and carried her out of the building. Two days later, after I prayed for that woman, she came back perfectly all right. Now, I want to stop right there because many times we miss it because we make this statement. I thought God was going to heal me. But I didn't see things change right that moment. And what happens when that when that happens, we release, we cast off our confidence, and we just turn loose to what God had made available to us. Right. We said, we said, I didn't get it. Because if I got it, I would see it right now. See this, see what's transpiring with this woman. Two days later, after I prayed for this woman, she came back perfectly all right. The husband said there was no evidence of healing when we got home. But she pulled the brace off her back and she threw it into the closet. She said, thank God I won't need that anymore. Then she went to bed. She had all the symptoms. When she woke up the next morning, every symptom was gone. I saw her 14 years later, and she was still healed. Praise God. Now, Thank you, Lord. if she would have said, I thought I was, She would have, 14 years later, she would have probably already been dead for quite a while. Because 
it's imperative that we get a hold of what the Word of God says. Because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable or it will increase me. It will bring increase into my life. But it has to be two things. Believed and acted upon. This is how salvation took place. I believed in my heart and I acted on it. How? I spoke it out with my mouth. See, there's churches are full of people who believe in Jesus. But have never acted on what they believe. And if that follows through with salvation, it follows through with healing. It follows through with finances. It follows through with every area of life. God has a way. We need to tap into his way so that we can have what he's made available. Don't turn all loose of the things that you believe that are in line with the Word of God. If it's not in line with the Word of God, don't just turn it loose, throw the thing away. Amen. Because all it is is religious jargon. Amen. And it is absolutely profitable for nothing. But the Word of God is profitable Thank you, Lord. in every area. Thank you. Stand with me. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you love us too much to leave us like we are. There's so much more that we need to see. Oh, Father, but I got a hunger in my heart. I want to see. Show me. Teach me. I want to know. That's my desire. I've got to have your word. I've got to have what your word says. Because you've got things that you want me to walk in that I have not walked in heretofore. But I will walk in them. I say it with my mouth. I believe it with my heart. I will walk in these things that you have ordained for David to walk in. I believe your word. And the things that I have not aspired to yet, I am on it, Lord. I am after it. I am not going to let it pass me by. I'm going to get it. Holy Spirit, I set myself as a pupil in your classroom and I say, teach me. Teach me. I thank you, Lord, that my eyes are being opened that I can see. My heart is open so that I can comprehend. And I speak your blessing over your people. Brothers and sisters, let's take a hold of the things of God. I'm going to, 
I, I believe his word. I believe his word. I believe it's true. And I'm not only just going to believe it, I'm going to start applying it to my life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.